You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what the heck is good? It's your boy, as always, Sosa Cremendous, fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus, and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, Local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with the contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Welcome and come join me on today's episode of the Lockdown Rams podcast. You know today is the Monday edition, which means it's the post-game edition of the podcast and... Lo and behold, once again, for the fourth time together, you and I will be celebrating another Monday podcast with a dub. The Los Angeles Rams obviously played the Washington football team on Sunday on the road and were victorious by a score of 30 to 10 in case you missed the game, improving the Rams' record to 4-1 while the football team, or I should say Washington, drops to a record of 1-4 in that terrible NFC East. Now to begin today's episode, you know we got to highlight the offense and some of the players that stood out on that side of the ball. And it's got to start with quarterback Jared Goff, who went 21 for 30 on the game. He had 309 passing yards, which was, I think, his season high. He also had two passing touchdowns and then an interception, as well as a fumble, though that was a sack fumble. Now, Goff's only bad pass on the day really was that interception. It was probably the first pass I can recall from the entire season where I was genuinely confused as to what you know, Jared was looking at and why he threw the ball. But, you know, outside of that interception, which wasn't very costly, and it really didn't result in anything against the Rams, Goff once again had a clean day. He had his first official deep ball, which went for a long touchdown to Robert Woods. I believe it was a 52-yard touchdown down the left sideline. So that was good to see. Uh, But again, Goff continues to play well. He's picking his spots. He's been accurate with the football. Again, he had a bunch of nice passes to guys like Josh Reynolds today. Uh, And yeah, it, it worked out very well. It was another very solid game for Jared Goff. Looking into the backfield, Cam Akers actually led the game with 61 rushing yards in this contest. Now, he only had nine carries. I think the Rams were obviously trying to ease him back into this contest due to the rib injury, which held him out of two and a quarter games. Uh, But Akers, once again, he looked very solid. Now, he only played in 12 snaps in this contest, which wasn't much, obviously, but he managed a very nice 43, I believe, yard rush it was, and it bumped his average to 6.8 yards per carry, which is very good, obviously, for the rookie. He looked very explosive in this game, and and in particular on that run, that long run, uh, where he almost broke it loose and could have went for a 70-yard touchdown if he wasn't caught from behind. Uh, Next to him was Daryl Henderson, who had a very good contest himself. He had 15 carries for only 38 rushing yards, which was a bad average of 2.5 yards per carry but he did have a touchdown as well as a receiving touchdown he chipped in three receptions for 30 yards receiving and one touchdown on a texas route the running back group again looks kind of like a headache malcolm brown chipped in with his eight rushes as well for 30 yards and jared goff actually had three carries himself as well as one touchdown in the red zone near the goal line there uh so it does look like there's going to be you know quite a big headache with this group moving forward it is a genuine running back by committee approach it looks like Sean McVay was not kidding when he said that he wanted to rotate these guys. These guys are clearly all rotating. They're all getting a lot of snaps. Now, this was Akers' uh, first game back from an injury. So, you know, it might not be a true testament as to how the Rams want to, 
split up the work amongst these guys that it might level out a little bit more moving forward but as of right now it does look like it's going to be another headache in this backfield uh, moving forward specifically for guys who play fantasy football and myself who left Daryl Henderson on the bench for Cam Akers obviously a guy who scores two touchdowns is going to be someone you want in your lineup so that hurt but uh you know moving on to the receivers you know Jared Goff did have 309 passing yards like I mentioned so obviously that means that some of the receivers had to go off and lo and behold one week after a costly fumble and really a brutal performance against the New York Giants in week four, tight end Gerald Everett bounces back with four receptions for 90 yards receiving, which which led the team in receiving yards. He caught all four of his targets. He looked very good. He looked very strong in this game. He was reeling off a ton of yards after catch, uh, and he showed why he's really a weapon worth developing. Now, you know, it doesn't look like he's really ever going to get a chance to get a ton of yardage or volume in terms of targets just because of how many weapons the Rams have, but Everett again showed why he was an early pick and it was very good to see Sean McVay allow Everett to settle down in this contest and you know prove that he has trust in him and give him more opportunities to bounce back just one week after a terrible performance against the New York Giants. I think that speaks to Sean McVay's trust in his weapons and not only that but you know just the quality of guys that he has around on that offense and a guy like Everett that he believes that he can step up and he can perform and Everett was very important for the Rams today. Working into the receiver room, it was the usual suspects as always. Robert Woods had four receptions on five targets for 71 receiving yards and one touchdown. Like I mentioned earlier, he had that 52-yard touchdown down the left sideline, which was good to see. The Rams haven't really been throwing deep all season, so that was you know fun to see. And hopefully they can kind of incorporate that deep passing attack a little bit more moving forward. His running mate in Cooper Cup had eight targets, five of which he pulled in for receptions. For 66 receiving yards, he was relatively quiet in this contest, but he did have a nice big uh, reception. I believe it was on a third down, and that you know kind of reeled off a majority of his yardage for that that contest. But uh, you know, again, Josh Reynolds steps up big. He had four targets in this game. He reeled off two of them for receptions for 46 yards. Both were big catches. And rookie Van Jefferson actually didn't even register a catch or a target in this one. But, you know, it was the usual suspects. The first three guys, they once again stepped up. None of them did anything crazy, really. Outside of Woods's 52-yard touchdown, this this group was relatively quiet, especially with how much we expect from them. We always have them on a high pedestal, and deservedly so. This is one of the best trio of receivers in football. But they didn't really need to do much. They, you know, they made the plays when their numbers were called. They created separation, and... They did enough to win the game, and Jared Goff had a very good game passing. He This was a very balanced attack in terms of running the ball a lot with a lot of different characters, passing the ball to a lot of different players, and really just spreading the ball. And I think the Washington football team had a lot of issues trying to defend that, and obviously it showed with the Rams putting up a 30-point performance in this one, specifically pretty much all on offense. Coming up in just a moment, you know we're going to transition to the defensive side of the ball And I've got some interesting statistics to share on that side of the ball. Some really, really great play from pretty much everyone, but specifically that secondary. And I think we're kind of getting used to that. But while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they are your corner stores, our coffee spots or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with the contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. 
Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. In the last segment, I teased some of the interesting defensive play in this game, and I think the Rams' defense actually was not only the you know, most important part of this game, obviously they held the Washington offense to only 10 points, but I thought the performance really from players on all three levels was outstanding, and you really couldn't ask for a much more complete and dominant performance, I think. Starting up front, obviously, we got to talk about defensive tackle Aaron Donald. He had four sacks in this game and six total pressures, according to Pro Football Focus. The guy just redefines the word great. I don't know what else to say about him. He's as special as they come. Uh, He's clearly the best player in this league, bar none. I do not care about the positional value argument. This dude is dominant. There's really nothing else to say. He's a special player in every way. And the Rams are going to go as far as Aaron Donald allows them to go, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Guys next to him, you know, they played really well. Michael Brockers chipped in with six tackles. He had a pressure or two. There wasn't anything crazy from Brockers in this game. Morgan Fox continues to chip in a little bit here and there. Now, none of the upfront three in terms of the defensive lineman, the down defensive lineman. None of those guys outside of Aaron Donald were able to generate a ton of pressure or really affect the game in a tremendous way. But the Rams are incredibly stout against the run in this one. You could see that from guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, Michael Brockers, like I mentioned, Morgan Fox, like I mentioned. Uh, These guys were tremendous against the run. Even a guy like Greg Gaines, who's factoring in a little bit more as the weeks go by. You know, the Washington football team could not do anything when it came to the ground. Antonio Gibson was bottled up everywhere uh, and that was really their only running back threat and there, there really was no threat on Sunday for the Rams obviously but working into the next level of the defense backup linebacker Troy Reader actually started the game for Micah Kaiser who was obviously inactive due to an injury or two injuries actually but Reader in what was somewhat of a confusing performance in game showed out I mean he absolutely showed out he had 10 tackles on the game. Obviously, that led the Rams because that's a boatload of tackles. He had two tackles for loss. But most importantly and intriguingly and very strangely, Reader had three sacks in this game. He looked absolutely dominant. I mean, he wasn't great in coverage because he was the one player that was picked on in coverage when he came to the Rams. And that makes sense because Alex Smith, who came into the game later, was targeting his running back, J.D. McKissick, a ton. And, you know, a guy like Reader simply can't cover an athletic player like McKissick out in space. And he did also register a completion allowed to a guy like Terry McLaurin, a wide receiver who, you know, he's never going to be able to cover, especially not in open space. But Reader really had a great game. And that was fantastic to see because the Rams needed somebody to step up in the absence of Micah Kaiser and not only that but Reader probably had the best game of any inside linebacker from the Rams in 2020 in this game I mean he was fantastic he chipped in against the run he was very active against the pass you know as a blitzer specifically with his three sacks and then in coverage you know he wasn't great I would say but he wasn't terrible either now a lot of the coverage you know stuff that he gave up was on second and long, third and long, in two-minute offense situations where the Rams were more than happy to give up five or eight or 15-yard completions to running backs. And, you know, we've seen that multiple times to a guy like J.D. McKissick, who I mentioned earlier, and none of it really affected the Rams. So I think with that being said, the coverage statistics might be a bit skewed away from Reader, but I think he had a great game. And I don't know what this means for the inside linebacker group, You know, if that means he might start moving forward over a guy like Kenny Young or I don't know, I'm not sure, but it's definitely something that maybe should creep into the back of our minds because Micah Kaiser wasn't playing great before his injury. Kenny Young wasn't playing great 
really at any point this season. And, you know, Troy Reader really had a solid game today. So it might be something that is worth discussing moving forward. Maybe not immediately, but definitely at some point it could be a conversation to be had because he really played great. And I don't think there's really any argument against that after today's performance. You know, like I said, we've got to work our way into the secondary. I teased it a little bit. This performance was unreal from these guys. I don't know what to say. You know, it begins with Darius Williams, who continues to make great plays for the Rams. He was targeted twice in this game. He only gave up one reception, and he gave up negative one yards receiving. His one catch that he gave up was negative one yards worth of yardage. I mean, what is there really to say outside of this Dude is just outstanding. Across from him, Jalen Ramsey was targeted twice, and he didn't even give up a reception. And then in the nickel, Troy Hill, who was kind of in and out due to an injury, I believe it was something to do with an ankle. You could see him getting taped on the sideline. He was also targeted twice, and he gave up one reception for five yards, which was a first down, but that's nothing, right? Then you go to the safety position, you see a guy like John Johnson. He was targeted four times. He gave up three receptions for 11 yards, no first downs. Then Jordan Fuller, Targeted three times, gave up one reception for eight yards receiving. Nothing. I mean, this is crazy to look at. The The Rams secondary was just absolutely outstanding. And then you even look at a guy like David Long who stepped in for Troy Hill when he was banged up and on the sidelines. And David Long didn't give up anything. He was targeted one time and he didn't give up a reception. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about this secondary. These guys are clearly they're playing well. I mean, you know, anyone could tell you that, but they're playing outstanding. Now, I do understand that you know, Washington is not some offensive juggernaut that is incredibly tough to stop and this and that. And I do understand the quarterback carousel there. You know, they go from Dwayne Haskins to Kyle Allen, who gets hurt, and then they go to Alex Smith and all that random stuff. And I get it. But I mean, come on, this is an NFL team we're talking about here. This is a quarterback who's had a lot of success in the NFL and Alex Smith. You know, the Rams did have to play a great receiver in Terry McLaurin today. You know what they allowed Terry McLaurin to do? They allowed him three receptions for 26 yards. That's it nothing and I told you guys to, to bench him on uh, your fantasy rosters and I got clowned but I guess I got the last laugh on that one I had a feeling the Rams were going to play a dominant game defensively especially in that secondary and why wouldn't they you know stack up against Terry McLaurin and let someone else beat you because the Washington football team does not have many offensive weapons they're starting a lot of subpar players and that's no disrespect to their players across the board but I mean we're not talking about first round picks at receiver and tight end and that's exactly what the game plan was I think for the Rams was you know let's force someone else to beat us not Terry McLaurin and that was exactly what they did and nobody beat them not the running game the run game was terrible for the Washington team the run defense for the Rams was tremendous you know the coverage was great for the Rams their ability to scheme and create pressure was tremendous the the Rams defense just had their most dominant game of the season in my opinion they looked amazing I don't know how you could look at it in any other way I'm just shocked at how good they were. I I knew they were going to come into this one. They were going to be ready to go. But, you know, at the end of the day, anytime you see a team perform this well, you need to give them a lot of love. You're always shocked at just how good teams can be in this league and how hard it is to stop teams and, you know, hold them to 10 points and essentially hold them to not anything outside of one rushing touchdown in the first quarter from a relatively mobile quarterback in Kyle Allen. I'm very intrigued with this unit moving forward. The Rams obviously have the San Francisco 49ers here in week six. We're going to see what kind of defense the Rams have. It's going to be a huge test, obviously, against the 49ers ground game, which is still one of the best in the NFL. So we'll see what kind of defense the Rams really do have. But as of right now, you know, we've made it through about five games in this season. And the Rams defense have pretty much looked tremendous 
in every game except for one game against the Buffalo Bills. I think, you know, four out of five games looking pretty solid to really solid or really great, whatever, is very good. I think the early returns are very positive. I think, you know, Brandon Staley clearly looks like he knows what he's doing. Not only that, but he's got these guys playing. I'm loving all these random pressures he's scheming. You're seeing a lot of five-man blitzes and five-man pass rushes, getting every guy a hat on a hat giving Aaron Donald a lot more one-on-ones than he's seen before. And you see it with his dominance today with his four sacks. I love this stuff. I think the Rams look great on defense. You know, I think obviously their offense is going to be the reason they get to wherever they want to get to. But that defense looks fantastic. And I think this team is playing a lot of good football right now and is definitely, most definitely one of the best teams in the NFL. There's no question about that in my mind. Coming up when we return, you know we're going to talk about the miscellaneous parts of the game. We're going to talk about the coaching decisions, some of the special team stuff, and just share our parting thoughts from this week five contest between the Los Angeles Rams and the Washington football team. Make sure to check back on Tuesday when I deep dive into this game. I'm going to have all the PFF numbers, all the analytics, and we're going to really check how everyone performed in this contest, and we're going to break it down piece by piece. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting simple is started. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn today to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last 24 months. With that being the case, I've been on the lookout for the perfect protein bar and I finally stumbled upon one called the Built Bar. You need to check them out. They're absolutely delicious and offer 18 different flavors so you can never really get bored. The bars that are also healthy, they're low in calories, they're low in sugar, they have 19 grams of protein per bar, they're high in fiber, and they even work for those on the keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome to the final segment of today's episode. You know, like I mentioned, we're going to dive into the special teams unit, which was somewhat good, somewhat bad, a little bit of a mixed bag, which kind of seems to be a theme in this season for the Rams, unfortunately. Now, you know we got to begin with the kicker, Samuel Sloman. I don't know how anyone could trust this guy at this point. He did hit a field goal for the Rams. He went one for one on his field goal attempts with a long of 28. So that was, you know, an absolute gimme. But again, he missed an extra point. The first one in the game, I just don't know how you can trust this guy at this point in the, the season. I mean, he went three or four on his extra points, which is okay, I guess. But every game he's making a weird mistake that just reminds you that at some point the Rams are probably going to have to rely on this guy and we just don't know if we can. And every time you think he might be getting there in terms of, oh, you know what? Yeah, he might finally be settling in. He might finally be trustworthy. He reminds you why we're all nervous, why we all hold our breath every time he kicks. And it's very unfortunate. And I don't know what the solution is here. I don't know if the Rams are eventually going to move on or if they are looking actively to move on or not. But I would definitely suggest that 
you know, they at least at least bring in some competition during the week or next week or in the next few weeks to push this guy and, you know, open his eyes, maybe let him know that, you know, this job isn't solidified. And, you know, the missed kicks haven't cost us anything yet. But at some point they might. And if they do, then, you know, the backlash is going to be strong for Sloman and for the Rams for deciding to go with him in a very questionable decision over guys like Liram Hyrulahu, who many fans and myself wanted. But that's besides the point. As of right now, the Rams are with Sloman and he's struggling badly. I think you can pretty much say that regardless of who you are. Going to the punting situation, Johnny Hecker looked fantastic today. He had five punts for an average of 41 yards per punt. Four out of those five punts landed inside the 20, which is just outstanding. And his long was 56 yards on the day. Hecker, once again, looks like the all-pro version of the punter that we all know and love. Really not much else to say there. You don't want him punting five times in a game, I guess. But, you know, when he's asked to do his job, he looks great. And he looked great today again. Working our way to the punt return unit. The Rams had a bunch of punt returns, obviously, because Washington was not very successful on the offensive side of the ball. Wide receiver Cooper Cup had four returns for an average of five yards per return with a long of 10. Now, we did have one very nice and relatively long return that looked to be about 30 yards or so long, which was called back to due to a penalty, unfortunately. But Cup doesn't look necessarily comfortable back there. I don't know that I would keep him back there. I think it might be time to pull the plug on that experiment because Nassimba Webster also had three returns and he had an average of 3.7 yards per return. And along of 10, I thought he looked a little bit more nifty when it came to trying to create as a punt returner. And he looked very sure-handed in a game where there was a ton, a ton of rain, a lot of rain, some wind. It was clearly hard for players to hold on to the ball. You've seen a guy like Alex Smith come out of the game and go back in with two gloves on. So, you know, it was going to be hard for players to field the ball. You've seen the Washington punt returner. I believe it was Isaiah Wright who muffed a punt. And, you know, that just goes to show how hard it was to field the ball that day and i seen Nassimba Webster field that ball very cleanly multiple times. And I think it kind of gave me some confidence and some uh, idea that, you know, he might be a better option moving forward, not necessarily because he's so much more sure-handed than a guy like Cup, but I think he might be a better creator. And not only that, but you don't want to lose a guy like Cup to an injury, a freak injury on special teams. And that would just be incredibly unfortunate. So I would try to keep him on ice, so to speak. And I would definitely start to give Nassimba Webster a few more looks back there. When it comes to the defense and the offense and the special teams coordinators and coaching decisions, I thought the Rams played a great game. I thought Sean McVay called a great game, clearly. Um, The Rams put up 30 points. I don't think there's really much you can complain about when it comes to that. The defense was absolutely outstanding. Hats off to Brandon Staley because he just continues to call great games. I think he's been very, very interesting to watch as a D coordinator on the coaches film. You know, you see a lot of pressures, a lot of different guys coming from a lot of different places. And I think it's definitely starting to play a little bit of mind games with quarterbacks heads. And I think it's causing some confusion. And that obviously always is going to give the Rams defense an advantage. You know, uh, a quarterback can't be confused. Things happen too quickly in the NFL. And I think right now, Brandon Staley is clearly showing that he's 100% ready for this job. And not only that, but I think he's really thriving with the personnel he has on that side of the ball. And then working our way to John Bonamago. Nothing really to discuss there. Uh, Solid game. You know, his units look fine. There's really not much else to say. They look fine. I still question that decision to go with the kicker and Samuel Sloman over some other guys, but that's the guy the Rams want to tie their, uh, you know, their hopes to. And we'll see how it works out from here. As of right now, they're 4-1. I don't think you can really complain all too much. The team looks good. They're winning a lot of football games. And they just swept the NFC East. Now the Rams will play their first interdivisional rival in the San Francisco 49ers in week six. The Rams are now 
four and one currently in second in the nfc west depending on what happens with the seattle seahawks here on sunday night football i'm recording this obviously before so i can't tell you what's going to happen but the rams have the potential to be in first place or in second place and either way look very very poised to be you know in a playoff in a playoff spot at the end of the year we don't know for sure it's obviously a long way away but the Rams look great right now and make sure to check back in with us on Tuesday when I deep dive into this contest. I'm going to have all the numbers, all the percentages. We're going to be talking about the pressure, the sack percentages, the blitz percentages, all the interesting stuff that we don't really get to see in the live contest because things happen really fast. Just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.